Hey guys, welcome to the Full Disclosure Podcast. My name is Tiffany and I'm sitting here with Sean. And I asked him to be on my podcast because I wanted him to um, share his story with his addiction and how he overcame it. So Sean, have at it, start talking, and I'll ask you questions along the way. Okay. Hey. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, it's one of those things where it's like... You sh- shouldn't be like nervous, but like it's weird at the same time. No, it's you know like what I mean? I- I'm not nervous. I'm just like trying to figure out how to start this off. Okay, so, so okay, how about I'll ask you? So, so what age did you become like, ad- addicted? Uh, for me, I started using heroin when I was 15. Okay. Um, before that, I uh, got so I guess the initial way that it all happened was when I was 13 and 14, I started drinking and smoking, you know, we like every other dumb like 14 year old kid. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't want my parents to, like, catch me because, you know, I'd get in, like, some serious, some serious trouble. Not, I'm, ta- I'm not talking, like, grounded. I'm talking, like, you know, I'd, I'd get hit mm-hmm. pretty hard. Um, so I, like, tried to find ways that they wouldn't be able to, to, like, catch me and, like, things to, like, cover it up. So I started, like, getting into pills. So I got into Oxycontin and Xanax, morphine. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Like, yeah. I can do this and then I can do this without like any smell or anything mm-hmm. and like oh I can just like do this in school um, and so I got like you know, neck deep into pills when I was 15 also and then um, I remember when, I'm not gonna say names no 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 that's fine I'm, I'm you don't gonna, have to say any names I'm not gonna say just names just be like my friend but, or uh, you know this, well not for this individual okay. that I became associated with uh, turned me on to heroin and I was like, this is awesome. I don't have the money for this. It's very, very, very expensive. So what I ended up learning to do was because my mom had a very abundant supply of types of medications and like I was prescribed also you know, similar medications that I would sell those to, like I would take small amounts like no one would notice. Yeah. And I would sell those and buy weed with those and like I, cause I could buy like larger amounts of weed because of the people I was associated with mm-hmm. and then I would sell the weed for more than that and then I would buy heroin with that money and I would use heroin um, and you know that went on for that type of routine went on for a very very long time for me personally uh, well you know long when you're 15 so. mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I did that till I was about 17 years old and then um, I had this just mental breakdown from like lack there of like a better term from just like completely neglecting my body. And I was like, oh, I'm 17. I'm having like a mental breakdown, having panic attacks. Like what's going on? But like, so I quit everything else besides heroin. Like I was just like, oh, I'm, like, I'm not going to fucking do this. I'm not going to fuck around with this, blah, blah, blah. But I was still found myself using heroin. And um, I remember like, the day that I realized that it wasn't, you know, it was, like, holy shit, I'm, like, an addict, I was getting in, um, again, not too much detail, but altercations at home Mm -hmm. with my adoptive family, and, uh, one of my associates (laughs) got me, uh, got me a hotel room for a couple weeks, um, I threw him some, threw him some stuff, I'm not gonna say I'm here, and, uh, I remember I'd gotten like it's like twelve to fourteen hundred dollars worth of heroin, and I remember just like every day, just I would wake up and as soon as I'd come down, I just I never injected, I never shot up heroin, it scared the f- shit out of me. 
Um, so I always just smoked it. Okay. Um, or like snorted a little bit. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. You yeah. Know, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and I remember just like every day waking up and, and using it. I was all day, you know, whenever I'd come down or I'd take a nap and I'd get up and use it again. And like, I remember like 10 days in, I was out of heroin. I was like, holy fuck. Like, I'm 17 years old. I blew through like 1200 bucks of heroin. I'm like, I'm an addict. Like, yeah. this isn't good. Like, this is not healthy at all. And um, I remember after that, I didn't just like, oh, I'm just going to quit it right now. Blah, blah, blah. I like, when I got out of there, I was like, oh, I'm going to quit. And I just used it again like a week or two later. And then I remember like, at this time, I wasn't living at home. I was living in one of my band's houses. Okay. And so how it worked was there was two separate buildings. There was, like, their old house where, like, they played music and stuff. And then, like, all house, like, electrical shit. And, like, there was, like, broken windows and everything. But um, space heaters kept, kept me through the winter there. But uh, then they had, like, the other, like, actual house, like, his family and stuff lived in. So I crashed down there. And I remember it was just, like, a few weeks after that, like, few more a few more grams of heroin later and I was just I don't know I just like stood up and I was like I don't know about this like this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing you know and I think that's like something too that like helped get me better was I genuinely didn't want to do it anymore I genuinely didn't want to be an addict anymore and say this without sounding not superficial but uh, anyways um, I just I, I, it's, hard, it's hard to describe because yeah. they're, like, they're like whoa like, that's how it happened I was like yeah because it was like I remember like I was going to like go buy heroin and then like I just like turned around you know what I mean like I was going to his house and I was like I'm 17 like I should be saving up to buy a car I should be like you know because like I was I'm like I should be getting a job like a you know like a normal person and I'm like I like 300 and like 60 or 70 dollars in my hand and I'm, like, I'm about to go spend all of this on heroin and blow through it in a, a couple of days you know and I was like I don't know about that. And I just, like, turned around, and I went back to the house, and anytime I'd get up, I'd be like, no, like, I, I'm not going to go, like, spend this money on heroin. And then, like, you know, I was, like, going to, like, go back to the house to, like, visit my mom and dad or whatever. And, like, I went back, and I didn't, like, take any of, you know, any prescription medication that was there. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, why am I not doing this? You know, yeah. I think, like... Like I said, there was this innate sense inside of me that just didn't want to do it anymore. I think that's the biggest struggle with people who are addicts. Is like they say they want to do it, they say that they don't, and they say they don't want to do it anymore. But realistically, there's you know, the addiction inside of them that still wants to do it. Yeah. You know, and like there's still like that innate like oh like I kind of like getting high, you know, or oh you know, I'm gonna it's gonna be like the first time or the second time or whatever I get high and I take a break or yada yada yada, but. I innately knew that, no, like, I'm never going to feel that again. Like, if I used heroin again, like, like when we get up and leave from this conversation, I'm not going to feel like how I felt the first time I used it, you know? Yeah. And 
like, I'm not going to say that, like, oh, I was hunky-dory, fucking perfectly fine when yeah. I quit using. Like, I had, I had shakes, I had tremors, I had panic. Like, I remember I got up from my bed one time, and I had a panic attack as soon as, like, I stood up. I, like, got up a little bit more. I, like, walked into the kitchen, which was, you know, 10, 15 feet. I had another one, you know what I mean? I just would have panic attacks all the time. And heart palpitations and things like that and like I refuse to take any sort of medication I refuse to take anything to help me because I was like no like I don't need anything and you know I'm young enough I can put my body through this Mm -hmm. where I know I'm gonna be fine and I'm very grateful for that yeah and you know it took me like I said, like, I didn't want to do heroin again, but it took me a very long time to not feel like I needed it. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't want to do it, but my body felt like it needed it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I still occasionally have, like, panic attacks from it, you know? And I'm yeah. sure that, like, even if I did some sort of, you know, medication to help with it, I'd still have those, or I'd be worse off. There's a lot of people who get on things to help them with heroin or crack or meth, cocaine, whatever, whatever the fuck your poison is, yeah. um, they have a lot of problems afterwards, and, like, they get hooked on that, and it's like, I don't want to do that, because that's just going to kill me twice as fast, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I think it was about, like, two years after that, almost two years after that, I was about 19, that I quit having panic attacks every day. So I would have, panic, like I said, I'd have multiple panic attacks every day, like six, seven months, and then down, like, I'd have, like, one a day, or occasionally a couple panic attacks a day, um, and, yeah, you know, like, like I said, I'll have one, like, every month or every couple of months, and, um, you know, I'm just very grateful that I'm not there anymore as far yeah. as, like, that type of addiction goes, um. So, like, that moment you had when you were walking to that corner with your $300 in your hand, like... Oh, it was a house. <laughs> it, was a, it wasn't a corner. It was, well, I'm whatever. Not, it was I'm a not house. just meeting up with a guy in the corner like, hey, hey, no. Like, you know what I mean. I know like, what you mean. Um, like, what exactly? Like, was it your brain telling you something or was it, like, your body telling you, like, no, like, I've had enough? Um, I think it was... I think it was definitely more my subconscious mm-hmm. that was playing through because it was like in my mind I was thinking like, like all right, cool, I'm gonna go get some heroin, get high, I'm fucking have a good time. But then like there was that innate feeling in the back of my head that's like, nah, like this isn't a good thing for you to do. Like yeah. you need to turn around and like the not not the voice in the back of your head because like you know, the voice in the back of my head was like, oh, let's get some heroin, yeah, let's, yeah, go, let's go get yeah. fucked up, dude. Yeah. But no. Um, there was just this innate subconscious feeling in me that was like, if you go do this, like, again, it's just going to keep getting worse, and, you know, you won't live to, you know, 25 or 30, and, like, I can only imagine that, you know, if I was still using heroin, you know, seven, like, almost eight years now, that I would, no, I would not, I would not be, I would not be good, I would not be, I wouldn't look how I look, like, I would be gaunt or I'd be dead, you know? Well, I mean, it sounds like that, you know, at that moment in time, you were Mm self-aware. Like, you're aware, like, your subconscious is telling you, like, like, no. Like, no, because I want to live. I have so much life to live for. And so, like, you just being self-aware, like, during, like, that moment in time, even though that feeling that you still wanted to, like, 
do the heroin like you still wanted to do it but it's amazing that like because I have known some addicts and unfortunately they're still addicts Mm -hmm. and they just don't have that self-awareness or they don't care or they're like well I'm too deep in it now like what's the point you know and they're young and they, they still have a lot you know, to live for, yeah, you know, and they have so much time to change their life around and be completely different. But, you know, I mean, I've never been, so like, I'm not in their shoes. So, you know, I've been told it's hard and, mm-hmm. you know, addiction is a, it's a disease yeah. and it's like an illness and it's really hard to overcome. Yeah. Once you do that first time, that second time, like there's no going back with yeah. some of the hardcore stuff, like, yeah. you know, so you just being self-aware in that time, you know, was just like your first moment of your healing process. Yeah. And you probably weren't aware of that, but it it was. Uh, yeah. I mean, were you aware of it? Oh uh, my my whole aspect on it was like, um, I think the biggest problem with people who are addicts is that there's that mental block when you're an addict, you know. And because you know we as human beings are creatures of habit, it's why we get up, we brush our teeth, we shower, you know, we do what we do because. And it's like why we go to the same bars, the same places to eat. You know, we're creatures of habit, and anyone who says that we're not is, you know, yeah. doesn't pay attention to science. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we don't think about those things that become habits, right? And when we do, you know, addictive substances, we get involved in those addictive substances, it kind of fast tracks that mentality, you know what I mean? Kind of like, you know, that like oh I want to do this all the time it um it's like I guess like people are obsessed with like you know let's say like good things like people are obsessed with uh like fitness mm-hmm. or people who are like artists or f- like freelance journalists or things you know things of that nature is that you know it's something that they can't help but think about yeah and yeah feeling like that like when you're on heroin when you're on meth and you're like I never did meth I never did cocaine I never liked anything that sped me up I like I don't drink caffeine I don't do anything because I'm naturally a person that when I wake up I'm good to go yeah. you know what I mean like if I if you handed me a coffee right now and I drink and have a panic attack I'd probably want to go to the hospital you know what yeah. I mean mm-hmm. that's yeah. and that's just how I'm wired so when I would use heroin or I would you know rail some oxys or you know some morphine some Xanax some you know, something like along those lines it would slow me down you know mm-hmm. and that in and of itself was addicting to me not necessarily because it felt good to be high but it felt good to like just chill the fuck out mm-hmm. lack thereof for a better term yeah and so yeah I think the biggest struggle is like coming over with the, the mental block and like realizing that you know that I'm not thinking clearly and this whole this whole thing isn't how I normally think you know yeah so so when you were you know when you were going through this did you have like a support system that was like behind you no you didn't no I had I said I was in and out of bands Mm -hmm. um and I had a couple people that like I hung out with outside like I didn't hang out this is something like I want to preface this also like a lot of people who are addicts hang out with other addicts mm-hmm. I didn't I like okay. to be by myself when I got high you know what I mean okay. like I'm very very introverted type of person like after I practice my band or after I play a show I'm like in my room like ready to go to bed you know what mm-hmm. I mean like and so like I think that in and of itself kind of helped not wanting to be around these other types of people mm-hmm. um so 
But no, I didn't have like a support group. I didn't have, like I said, I didn't have a mom or dad to go back to to say, oh, it was cool. Like, I had my band and I was able to like focus on my music a lot. Like, okay. That and like staying in shape, I guess, helped too. Like swimming all the time helped a lot. Mm-hmm. But no, I didn't, I didn't have like a group of people to help me. Did you ever go to rehab or anything? No. No, no okay. rehab, no, no programs, no anything. I knew I wanted to be better. And I knew I wanted to be sober, and that was good enough for me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a, that's amazing. <laughs> like that is like you're really strong-willed to like have no support no, no. system to not go to rehab because there are plenty of addicts who you know they're like yes, like I'm gonna go to rehab, like this is it, and then they come out and then they just fall back into their cycle. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know how rehab is. I don't know if it really helped. Like I don't know. You know, like I I don't I don't know. I don't but I always like felt like you know, I think. My philosophy is you have to have a good support group to like, you know, help you through things. But at the same time, you also want to make sure that you're good within yourself mm-hmm. and that you're, you know, you're strong willed to have to go through this. And like for you to do it just like by yourself at such a young age yeah. is absolutely like, it's amazing. Well, like I think like the main thing also is I figured out who I was at a very early age to, you know, like after like I quit using heroin when I was 17 I didn't drink either like I haven't drank in like almost the same amount of time and you know I'm very I don't give into peer pressure like if I'm at a bar I got no problem hanging out with people you know I don't I got no problem if someone around me uses heroin you know what I mean like I don't there's like that mental block I was talking about that addicts have as far as like you know not seeing that they're an addict like I've developed in myself to like not give in to anything like that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I think that anyone not to sound like jaded or cynical or nihilistic um, but I think that if people are so dependent on other people to like make them feel better I think that they won't get better yeah you know I think that if you genuinely don't want to do this or you don't want to get fucked up anymore you want to better yourself for like your family or for your own career purposes or you know maybe it's stuff that you like to do like me as music maybe um you know whatever it is then you will do it you know and when someone's like like I remember I had this conversation with someone who I was in a band with who's like oh it's my dream to be in a band it's my dream to play music and like they would bail on practice they wouldn't answer calls when we were like doing something they wouldn't show up for like things that we needed or contribute much to like conversations and when they practice they would like goof around sometimes it's like it's not your dream yeah you know what I mean like if it's it's if it's your dream like in my, in my mind when I say like this is the only thing that I want when like that mentality clicks it's like then you're going to do everything you possibly can to do that yeah you know and I think that people who say that and then don't follow through it's not you know, it's not that important to them. It's just a fantasy, you know? Like, a dream should be the thing that you would give anything for. Like, for some people, their dream is to have a family. You know what I mean? It's not mine. I'm not meant for that. But for some people, they will, like, if there were people in my situation where they couldn't have kids, they would, like, be, like, looking for surrogate parents or they'd be looking to adopt mm-hmm. or, you know, they'd be, like, going out of their way, you know? that yeah. Or someone even as simple as like oh I want this like car right I want this like I guess for people around my age it's more like oh I want like this like uh, like STI or this like this yeah. Mitsubishi Evo or like you know this mm-hmm. Toyota Supra it's like 
then they would get the job and help pay for that. They would like work towards that. They'd be saving their money. They would learn a lot more about like the mechanics mm-hmm. side of that thing. And that's what it means to me for something to be your dream and something for you to care about. Like when my band started that I'm in now, they lived in Bend. I drove a 1997 VW Jetta that had a blown head gasket. That's door, passenger side door was held closed by bungee cords. I had no heating and I had bald tires. And I would drive over, you know, Mount Hood every weekend after working a construction job, you know, 10, 12 hours a day to make that happen and drive back and go to work the next, you know, on Monday. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to, like, want something, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. So. Yeah. So it seems like, so did you start the band thing after you decided that you were going to quit using? Or? No. No. I, okay. start, I started in bands when I was 14, as soon as I picked up guitar. Okay. So, so like, do you feel like it was kind of like a th- like therapeutic for you to keep doing music while you were you know Mm, recovering i think you think it helped like uh not necessarily because you know because i was doing music while i was using like Mm -hmm. very intensely um because i started using when i was 15 i started playing bands when i was 14 Mm -hmm. and um i think that what music did as far as that goes as far as like my addiction goes was it was just the thing that was constant in me you know and I think that's something that's very important as well for addicts is like to find the things that are constant in you um not necessarily as therapy but like as something that you know who you are still you have a piece of your humanity left and like for a lot of people like I said it's cars it's fitness it's you know it's movies you know something something as simple as that or history even you know what yeah. I mean? anything yeah anything any, yeah. and like finding that constant in like your life will you know just just help like be like oh wait you know I'm, I'm still here you know what I mean so and for me when I was in that band I was you know that band back when I was 15 to 17 like we weren't good we were terrible we were a very bad band but we practiced eight nine hours a day like I practiced in that band more than any band that I've ever been in and like it helped me become you know I don't like to think I'm a good guitarist but it helped me become a more competent guitar player as far as like playing in bands go and songwriting goes mm-hmm. and you know I think you know the biggest thing also is like tenacity over talent is like a huge thing for me too so like if you work hard at something too that like you know it's not necessarily like support but it's I don't know I'm going with this no, but, go wherever you want to go. I don't know go. where I'm going like, with this, but, like, <laughs> um, I think that, whatever, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> that was my bad. No, no worries. That's okay. So, I mean, how do you feel now, like, today? Like, what what advice would you tell yourself at, seven, you know, 15, 16, 17 when you were using mm-hmm. that you've now learned today? If you could go back in time and be like, Sean... Sit your ass down and listen to me. What would you tell yourself? Um, it's a tough question because, like, a part of me is really glad that I use heroin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's made me who I am today mm-hmm. it helped make me who I am today and I feel like if I didn't have that type of experience 
then I would something else would get to me when I was older. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd still be going to bars now, and, or you know, going to bars now in general, and like getting drunk, or like you know maybe I'd do other things, and maybe I get involved with heroin later on down the line because of the types of people mm-hmm. I was exposed to. Yeah. Um. So probably nothing. I wouldn't okay. tell myself anything. You know, I want my life to play out how it has. How it has, yeah. So. Well, everything happens for a reason, I believe. So you going through that experience and then just overcoming it. And then, you know, I don't know if you're, obviously your habits are different from where you, you know, where you were at your younger years. Yeah. You know, you're probably still the same person. You're probably still that, you know, awesome guy. It's just, you've changed your habits. Right. And you've had, you have healthier habits now, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just realizing that and overcoming you know, because addiction is so, like, it is unbelievably, excruciatingly hard and painful to, like, overcome. Yeah. And for you to just do that willy-nilly, like, you know, you basically <laughs> woke up one day and you're, like, walking to the house and you're like, you know what, no. Like, yeah. something's telling me inside mm-hmm. to be like, this is not how I see myself in five, six, seven, eight years. Exactly. So for you to just realize that and change your habits and, and you is absolutely amazing and I give you kudos because that's so inspiring and for anybody else who's you know who's your age now or who is 14 15 16 who was raised in not a very ideal household you know um and we all fall into something and we all create our own paths but it's realizing these bad paths that we're in and getting out of them is what's really you know really important right so for you to do that is amazing and you know, like, I mean, do you still have, like, I know you said that you were very, like, introverted and you got, you know, high, like, by yourself, mm-hmm. but, like, do you, I mean, you don't, all those people that were around you then, are they still around you now, or have you just completely, like, was like, no, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm, there's a couple that are still around me, there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a couple that have died, there's a couple that are in jail, slash prison, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said earlier, how I don't give in to peer pressure um, because I'm very comfortable with who I am. I never felt the need to exclude those types of people out of my life. Okay. You know, I think that, you know, it's the same deal with, like, you know, if there's, like, an ex-girlfriend or something that's crazy and, like, or, you know, or I fucked up or whatever, I'm not going to block them on social media or whatever to, like, yeah. not feel like I have to look or see or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like, no, dude, like, I don't... I don't need to do that type mm-hmm. of thing. Like, if I'm going to talk to someone or see someone, then I'm going to. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. if there's if if I can't see or talk to this person because I'm scared that I'm going to start using, mm-hmm. ooh, yeah. then I'm not better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not better. I'm yeah. still I still have that problem. I can walk up to anyone that I used to use with, and they could ask me to you know, get fucked up again. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it. Because yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. So, you know, that... That's, I mean, that's, like, that's amazing because I know somebody who's an addict and, like, they refuse to go around the people that they hung out with, you know, years ago because they're still in that same life they were. Yeah. And, um, you know, people are, they're each to their own. Everybody handles everything differently, yeah. you know? And, but I didn't realize that, like, you know, that, like, you just... Because with them, they're like, I couldn't do it because I'm afraid, you know, that I could use. Then it's like, what you just said, then they're not healed mm-hmm. all the way. And so, like, for you to say that, like, it's like, okay, well, that that's true. That's true. And I never thought of it like that because there are people that 
are trying to recover, but they're still going back and hanging out. They may not be like using per se, but they're still like doing stuff for them or, you know, whatever, whatever they're doing, whatever they choose to do. But for you to like, be like, I don't need to cut those people out because like, I know where I'm at mentally. Like I, I know I don't want to do this. Like, so like, you know, and you could have, I don't know, you could have a best friend who still uses, like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? But like, you're there mentally where you feel like that you've healed and you're at a good spot to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's that, that's, that's, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But it just made me realize that, like, you're right. Maybe those people who are afraid to go around that certain corner, see that certain person, or hang out with them, or talk with them, because they feel like maybe they're going to get back in that hole, yeah, in that cycle. Yeah, and that just means that they're just not ready. They're not no. completely healed, not you know. So, and like, no, that's 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 kind of what I'm getting at. It's like there's no there's no one else that's going to heal you. Like realistically, there's no God that's going to heal you. There's mm-hmm. no like. There's no fucking, like, you know, support group that's going to get you all the way healed if you don't internally want to be completely better, if you don't internally want to stop. And that was the strongest thing for me when it came to being sober was, I don't like this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm very lucky that I came to that conclusion. Yeah. That I don't like this. I don't want to be high anymore. I don't like being fucked up. Mm-hmm. I want my money to be my money. I want to buy my own car. I want to, like, you know, get out of this situation I'm in. I want to keep living in these, you know, broken-out houses. And, like, you know, I just... I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, it's important to reach that conclusion yourself. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, you can't have... With your, when you're going through something like that, you can't have other people chirping, you know, in your ear, like, yeah, you know, like, because they're not there, they're not in your shoes, right? And they don't know how you are mentally or what you've gone through or, or how you felt. So, like, yeah, like I said, I like to have a support system, but like, ultimately, it's my decision in the end how I'm gonna heal. Yeah. You know, they can tell me what what to do or what they think, you know, I should do, but that's my decision. Exactly. And whatever is gonna work for you may not you know work for them or whatever works for them may not work for you exactly and, so and like it helps when you're there you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it helps when you're talking to these people you know but then to me i i don't want to say that it always turns out to be a crutch you know what i mean yeah. but like always needing to surround yourself with people it's like fuck that yeah dude. like fuck like feeling like i have to talk to people to be better mm-hmm. like that would be like just as bad as addiction for you know someone like me. Who's, yeah. Like I'd rather just use heroin than like feel like I have to go to these meetings all the time and you know like you know sit at a table or like sit in an office with people who really don't give a fuck about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. they 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 give a, they care about the addiction that they're going through. They care about themselves or you know in an innate way. But you can talk to them all you want, but they don't care about you. And this is something that, like, another conclusion I came to, like, at the end of the day is that, at the end of the day, everybody's going to let you down one way or another. It doesn't matter how close you are to this person. I don't mean to sound nihilistic, but at the end of the day, everyone will let you down. It doesn't matter if it's your mom, your dad, your son, your daughter, you know, whoever it is. That's not their fault. You know, we're people, we make mistakes. Like, that's going to happen. But if you let yourself down... Mm -hmm. It's on you. Mm-hmm. That's your fault. That's yep. your problem. You know, if you um, were on a football team and you, you're 
you lost your game. You lost your game. You're like, oh my god, like, well, it wasn't just me. Like, it, like, you know, I might not perform well, but the quarterback sucks. My wide receiver dropped that pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but a sport like wrestling or swimming, where it's you, mm-hmm. and then you lose, it's on you. You know, you're like, oh, I didn't work as hard as I could have. I didn't do all like me I could have swam more on my off time I could have dieted better I could have done this or this or this you know and you know, that's that's a big thing for me is like self-ownership for you know who you are and where you are in life I knew I was an act I knew I was using heroin that was on me it was yeah the person offered me mm-hmm. to get involved with it but it was my choice to take it and stay involved with that. Yeah. And another big problem with addicts or the people in general is they want to blame other things. They don't want to own themselves. They don't like, like, like I said, I was abused growing up my entire childhood. Mm-hmm. I have scars and burns, cuts and burns on my body from, you know, yeah. mom, brother, people. Yeah. And I don't blame them for that. I don't blame them for like oh like i started using because of this i started using because of this because my parents fucking mm-hmm. living on bullshit yeah you started using because you wanted to yeah you start it's not anyone else's fault but yours you can't use the i'm the product of my environment when you have all of the power to not do that exactly so yeah i totally resonate with that mm-hmm. you know i grew up not I grew up sexually abused Mm -hmm. by a lot of different men that was in my mom's life. And um, there was one, and then my last experience was when I was 15, and um, the the popular guy in school, like, like, literally, like, forced me to give him a blowjob. And after that, I, I was like, oh my God, like, I was like, I decided to swallow a bottle of pills mm. and because um, I had stayed home from school because I couldn't like face because like everybody like it got around that like I was the one that mm-hmm. was like willing to do it right oh yeah he's the Chad yeah 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 and his dad was the sheriff of this mm-hmm. small town his mom was like the principal yeah. so like nobody was going going to believe me that like I was forced to do this like I asked where his bathroom was this was Halloween night mm-hmm. and all my friends like all my friends growing up were just guys because I just got along better with with just guys in general yeah. and um, you know I ended up losing three of my really close best friends that night because they sided with this popular kid and um, I ended up swallowing a bottle of pills and then during that I called my mom and I was like mom I made a mistake like this is not I'm not going to end my life because of this yeah. you know what I'm saying like I'm not going to be you know some some people who were sexually abused when they were younger become some type of abuser mm-hmm. you know in the future like in their future exactly. not, not everybody but a lot of them um, it's crazy the amount that do you know they can become serial killers they can you know become predators and um, I told myself that I don't blame them for making me take those pills it was my decision to do that right. you know and yeah I was going through all the all the trauma and all the pain but like ultimately I had that bottle and choice. it was my choice. Yeah. And it was my choice that I realized it was a fucked up choice mm-hmm. that I had a lot to live for. And I was 
like this was wrong and I called my mom and the paramedics got there in time where you know it the pills were still dissolved in my stomach already they just decided to give me like charcoal let me tell you drinking charcoal is the ultimate nastiest thing oh yeah, oh, yeah is oh my god yeah. it is disgusting yeah. and um since then like I just I am a different person than I was back then I don't blame them and I don't you know yeah that all that shitty shit happened to me and it's, I'm not gonna play like the victim I was the victim during that time but now I'm a survivor exactly you know and I choose to not become a predator or a serial killer or exactly. or or to become you know like just certain things like I choose to like not go down a dark path exactly. even though because I'm not gonna blame this this you know whatever like it happened it was meant to happen I guess you know is what I've come to agreement with right. and it's maybe the person who I am today and exactly. it's maybe the person to want to help other women or other men who have been in similar situations exactly. you know so I kind of like resonate with you when you're saying you know ultimately this shit's up to you yeah you can have people in the background trying to support you but like ultimately they haven't gone through what you've gone through or something similar then they're not you know like they're what their words are not any good to you. No. It's ultimately your willpower and your decision because you are in control of your life. You wake up every day looking at yourself in the mirror. You wake up every day, you know, either waking up positive, speaking positively about yourself, or negatively. That's your choice. Yeah. And I choose to wake up positively and living a healthy, you know, lifestyle and making what I want my dreams come true and exactly. not falling down a path of like Dexter, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, like, not not yeah. blaming not blaming yourself for what happened because no, it's like I used to, yeah. and that's a common thing with exactly. sexual assault. Um, you know, from childhood, that's a very common thing. But the people that still consider them like the victims are not fully healed. No, I'm a survivor. I have a tattoo that says "warrior" yeah. with a semicolon because I am a survivor. Right. I survived basically suicide yeah. because it wasn't my time. To go, it exactly. wasn't my time. Something in my head was like, "No, girl, like get your shit together." No, like, you're, you're <laughs> you know, to go. this is yeah, like no. no, you know. And so, you ultimately like you choose. You choose not to heal. You choose to stay in that rut. You know, because that's that's up to you. Exactly. And yourself only. You know. Yeah, you know, like another thing with like people who like sexually abuse people, it's like. They're, 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 they're just the weakest. They're whole. They're just a different. They're, they're the weakest people. Different type of human. Yeah. You know, like they're. Just wanting to hurt other people like that is just. That's you know. why they're separated from the murderers mm-hmm. in the prisons. For, there's a specific reason why. Yeah, because they'll get fucking killed. Yeah, because the murderers, their, victi- their victims are gone. Yeah. With the brave survivors, their victims are still living. Exactly. And murderers hate that. They do. Yeah, they do. And so there's a reason why they're kept separate, although I wish they weren't. Yeah, I wish they <laughs> I'm like, take survival them of the fittest, right? Like, exactly. But yeah, so, you know, like I said, like everybody has their own story, but it's like you yourself waking up and telling yourself, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Exactly. Like, I'm not weak. Yeah. You know, I'm stronger than this. Yeah. You know, so your story is absolutely beautiful. <laughs> because you did it by yourself. You did it by yourself, uh, right? Yeah, but, like, you know, I, I'm just, just a regular dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not some martyr. I'm not some, like, you know, uh, what's the word? What am, I, what am I trying to say? I'm not some, like, unique variable in this, this type of thing. It was just... I was lucky enough to come to the realization that I did, and I capitalized on that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, 
So. But not a lot of people do that were in your situation. So like that's why I wanted to hear your story. You right. know, because a lot of those people are still in that you know that same situation, or they're no, no longer with us, or no. they're in prison. Yeah. You know, because they weren't there yet. No. If they were ever gonna get there. No. But you were, and at a really young age. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I looked out. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like. You know, but like I said, it was all up to you, and you and you did it yeah, without yeah. anybody. Yeah, and, you know, and that's that takes a lot of guts and a lot of strength. It does a lot of mental strength, mm-hmm. a lot of mental strength. You know, so yeah, you know, like I said, there's there's nobody, there's no God, there's no like nothing that's gonna help you unless mm-hmm. unless you really want it, mm-hmm. and. trying to like say something without like rehashing something I just said but you know um, and the uh, also the problem with like some addicts too is that there a lot of these addicts are also like sexual abusers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know murderers Mm -hmm. they all kind of fall into the same area and like met some individuals in my life like where I was picking up a bag or a balloon whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to me at this point yeah. when I was getting my heroin mm-hmm. I would meet very intense individuals like I met love killers I met you know sexual abusers I met people who have just gotten out of prison for for, you know, rape, distribution, uh-huh. murder, and there's a different kind of aura around those people, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Where there's something in their headspace that, like, isn't meant for, like, modern society. It's very primal, more animalistic, and people like that need to stay like somewhere else they need to be locked up or they need to be in some sort of facility or mm-hmm. fucking island somewhere it doesn't they matter. need to all be on an island together uh, and just have at it you exactly know what I'm saying? yeah so yeah you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally get it yeah um, how was that was well, that like that was good was that good that was good I'm so happy, like, thank you for coming on my podcast, you know? I don't know if that was, like, easy for you. It was a little hard to kind of, you know, rehash some of that stuff. No, I mean, it was it was fine for me. Like I said okay. before, that, you know, I'm, if there's anything you want to ask me or anything you want to know, mm-hmm. I'll tell you. Yeah. You know, like, there's nothing, there's nothing I have to hide, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess it's recording. It's, let's see if it even recorded like I had a problem oh it is oh cool and we're under an hour 